Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Adam Reeks, and it's time to meet our guests. Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, Serious Edition. Today, I have with me another godless heathen who goes by the Twitter handle at one godless woman, uh, who's a member of Ash, so ISIS ex Saudi woman. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well now. I've recovered from my man flu for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much for coming on the show. I was given your contact details by a gentleman who goes by the name Harry uh, yep. on Twitter, and I had a very quick look at your bio and I thought, wow, that's a pretty amazing story. So I thought perhaps it's a good idea to give you some airtime so you can talk about it and let other people know that they're not alone or exactly. how, how you dealt with it. Thank so you very much. I'll just read it and I'm going to read it word for word. So those who don't have access to Twitter at the moment, you're yep. a sexual assault survivor, victimized by Islam, Saudi oppression. The trial is soon and you're wanting to share your story. Yeah. So firstly, look, before we get to that, tell me about Ash and how you got involved with that. Um, I came across Ash on Twitter, actually, and I just joined them yesterday, pretty much. Oh, wow. <laughs> literally. I'm so that I think I'm like one of their newest members but i uh, i started to see these log logos um on people's profiles and it was ash and they were mostly superheroes and i thought it was really neat and different they seemed like very you know light-hearted uh intellectual and i questioned uh, mo- like everyone i came across was was an atheist and uh i just questioned i just threw a question out on twitter what is this ash <laughs> logo that i keep seeing and i got an answer so i got in contact with the um, wonder bee i think her name is ash One- okay. wonder bee uh and um, told her that i'm interested i explained my story i've been quietly helping um you know um sort of oppressed women uh, i'm an ex-muslim myself i think i sh- i would be an asset to your group and sure enough i uh i got yeah i got my ash <laughs> uh, they're a pretty logo. community now i think they have someone from pretty much all over the world. It's it's amazing. But my understanding is I'm I'm not 100% sure of this, but I think I'm their first um ex-Muslim sort of Arab person. Wow. <laughs> not not 100% sure, but I think so. All right. Well, no, I, I think a couple of the Ash people listen to this show, so perhaps they can <laughs> put you in touch with anybody else who might be in the same position as you. Yeah. They're uh, they're True. they're a bit of a controversial group. Look, I think it's an interesting concept, being able to brand yourself in a certain way, and I think it's a, a good community spirit. Yes. So, all right, down to the crux of it. You, How long have you been, because you're in Canada now, I can tell by how crappy your internet connection is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've interviewed people from Canada before, and uh, yeah, it hasn't I know, gone... it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me... How did you get out of the Saudi region and over to the free world? My story is not your typical I escape uh, Saudi oppression story. Um, I I actually, I had a very, very bad, miserable, oppressed life in Saudi. And then I also was studying medicine. So I'm actually a doctor and I went into anesthesia and I very quickly became, if you may, uh, I guess if you may say known or 
visible because I was involved in a very important surgical procedure and I was the only female Saudi anesthetist. Mm. So the king acknowledged me and I got to come here to Canada. So I came here and in my fourth year of training, um, in specialty training, I the assault happened. And the person who assaulted me was another Saudi training with me in the mm. same field. So that pretty that, much that, led to... That's odd because... Somebody in your field, you'd consider them to be very well educated. Yeah, people, my, my husband says this a lot to me. He says the only way out of the oppression and, and, and this religious craziness is, is education. But it's actually not, not where I come from anyway. We, the, majority, the majority of physicians where I come from are extremely religious people. Not only that, but they are people who trained in North America, in Australia, in Britain, in you name it. So they're Western educated, but the mentality stays the same. Has this guy been brought to justice? It's been a very complicated uh, sort of case because when the assault happened, I was here on a worker's permit. I wasn't here as a Canadian. I was still Saudi. I was still governed by the Saudi rules and law for the most part. My salary was being paid to me by the Saudis. So I actually delayed going ahead and reporting it. Um, this delay was frowned upon by the hospital here. And they pretty much more or less told me that I was lying. And they don't understand why I refused to go to the police and to the Saudi embassy and tell them. Mind you, the day I did, the first thing that happened was I was terminated and he oh, wasn't. Wow. Yeah, there's. it seems that the women seem to cop the rough end of the stick in terms of persecution it when it comes to rape crimes such as this. And uh, it, it's not an uncommon occurrence to read in the papers that somebody has, oh, usually an expat, is over in the Middle East somewhere and they're yeah. a rape victim and they do report it and then all of a sudden it's victim blaming. Well, because they want so many witnesses and this, that and the other and it's 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 almost impossible to prove something like this in court unless a hundred people saw it. But this took place in Canada. It did. And and this is what I'm being this is the question that I'm being constantly faced with is why did the justice not why did the police not, you know, proceed and and, and do something about this? But this is where it even becomes worse because while I, when I was terminated from my position, I had to find something else to do with my life <laughs> to bait uh -huh. the bill. So I mm. went back to school and I trusted that the police were looking after this, but they weren't. My case was dropped <laughs> and I eventually got a lovely five page letter after I filed an open complaint against the police department because they closed my case and they told me oh we're sorry you're there were too many cases going on we had the the person in uh, some person in a higher position was i don't know they left so there was a shift and just a bunch of other excuses and we're sorry yes we dropped your case as simple as that yeah it was that simple for them yes and there's nothing you can do about it because this is it. So the assault took place 10 years ago. Yes. And did you go back to Saudi Arabia after that? No. So you've stayed in Canada ever since? Yep. yep. Your, hus your husband is also Canadian. a Saudi? Or? He's no. Canadian. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the attacker? Saudi. He's, he went back to Saudi and then he re-entered Canada this year. Um, at this point, I had already, my case had already been so embedded in the system that the Interpol found out and I guess he was red flagged when he applied for a visa to re-enter Canada. Mm -hmm. And at that point, the police contacted me and asked asked me if I wanted him arrested. And they did arrest him. I said, yes, he entered Canada. He was arrested. But of course, he was let go. <laughs> 
again, because <laughs> no charges were ever brought against him. So now he, uh, yeah, we have a court date now. And how far away is that? It's in uh, the new year. What sort of support are you getting from the people around you? Uh, not much. <laughs> Except the people on Twitter, I have to say, these guys are awesome. Uh, families, family has disowned me because I I don't know if you know much about our culture and our tradition, but you have disgraced the family name, you have brought shame, so I am not... That's all you're doing. Yes. It's all you're doing. You, you were asking for it, weren't you? Well, well yeah. I mean, no. that's... that's <laughs> what a ridiculous what a ridiculous concept, but that's how the laws are based. It is. And that's, how, and that's how the tradition is based. It is. The entire atheist community just abhors this sort of treat, and as more and more reporting becomes available, I mean, you're... I won't say fortunate, but it did take place in Canada. It did. What happened if this had taken place in Saudi Arabia? Um, I don't even want to... Cons- oh, my God. I, I can't even tell you how many... And I use the phrase God, by the way. <laughs> Just something. We're so used to saying this. But anyhow, um, this happens constantly. I personally had friends during med school and in school that were assaulted. There was incest. Um, and the women can never speak. It's it's that simple. The women cannot speak. You, you just take it and you live it and it's your life and that's it. Period. It's just the way it is. What a horrible situation. Well, and those those who do choose to speak up risk going to prison themselves, do they not? Well, of course. I I mean, part of my I don't know if you looked at my site or anyway, part of what I'm what I've posted on my um, story or my blog is what actually happened to me in Saudi, and I forget about the abuse that I was getting from my from my family. Women can't drive in Saudi. There was a situation where I was post-call at the hospital and I waited for three hours for my driver to come pick me up and he never did. The guy that was on call with me, he was a colleague. He saw me standing and he, he asked me to come with him. He would drop me off to my house and I did. I took the ride. We were I was in the car with him and we were literally kidnapped in broad daylight by religious police and they framed us of uh, basically that they found us in an apartment naked and that we were having sex and I got no trial, nothing and as soon as I, I got jail I was in jail for like three months and when I went, when I came out the courts called my dad and they told him she needs to come in for her 80 lashes that were sentenced. And nobody knew, I didn't even know that, you know, the, like, my case was going to, to court. I knew nothing. This is the kind of country you're, you're talking about here. There's just this, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I don't really know what to say. It's it, very it's, backwards. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's just scary. It really yeah. is. And I've looked at on your Twitter profile. You've started an Indiegogo yeah. campaign. I have, yes. And for those interested, uh, you can check out your Twitter profile, which is at One Godless Woman. And there's a link down the bottom there to Indiegogo. But uh, if you don't have Twitter, you can just go straight to X Saudi. So that's just the letter X S A U D I dot blogspot dot C A. And have a read of your story there in in your own words. And you've got it both in Arabic and in English. Yeah. And you're seeking to raise $5,000. Yes, I am. And this is to fund your court? Pretty much. Um, I've been told I don't need a lawyer. Um, the, the Crown is pre- representing me, but I'm a massage therapist. And I don't know how massage therapy works in, in other countries, but here you are paid per client. You, you're not on 
salary. So if I don't, the, the amount of time I have to take off of work can literally bankrupt me because I'm just, I'm not getting anything. I have to take this time travel because the court is about an hour away from me. I have children. I have bills. I, I have I'm, you know, I have to work. Um, I have no family to support me. This amount of time, which is probably close to a week to a week and a half, can literally bankrupt me. So I sat and I thought to myself, do I not go to court and just let this be? Or what is what are my other, you know, options? So I came across this and I thought, you know what, I'll just put my story out there. If somebody wants to help, that'll be beautiful and and awesome and though and i'll be very thankful but if nobody wants to help then that's fine i'll figure it out somehow <laughs> look but i know the- about it i know about it no oh, between one and two thousand people download this podcast you've got 20 yeah. days left if every one of those people were to donate a single dollar that'd be yeah. a wonderful con- contribution towards it because you're already at three thousand eight hundred dollars i am five thousand dollar goal so and yeah. that's there, there's a lot of people who have been very generous i think it, there has been they've been amazing i am speechless where, where are the people coming from where are they coming they're, they're coming out of the woodwork to help do you know where they're coming um, from uh, honestly i can tell you that 99 percent of the people that donated are people that connected with me and my story on twitter some of these people don't even know if they have never even heard my voice but they connected and they felt so strong about what's happened that they just they yeah it's been amazing, and I don't even know how to ever thank these people, you know. Yeah, I just... I think their thanks will just be seeing justice done. I'd, everybody would love to see justice done. I know. But people it's have true. a different perception of justice. I mean, you've obviously got a, a Western perception of justice. You do the wrong thing, then you get taken to court, you get imprisoned for whatever. Yeah. But ju- Saudi justice is completely the other way around. It's just abhorrent. I, I wouldn't even call it justice. I would just call it Sharia law, which is their version of some sort of religion-based law. I, I would not put justice in there. I do not think justice is ever done in countries like the country that I come from. I'm sorry. I know this is probably going to upset a lot of people, but uh, not at all no. because you can speak firsthand. I can. You, and I think, yeah, you're doing a wonderful job of uh, getting it out. I mean, I've only known you for well less than an hour. <laughs> having first made contact, but I think you're doing a wonderful thing, and you're, you're remaining remarkably upbeat and chipper about this. <laughs> there's there's two ways to do this. You can, and I've been criticised by a lot of people. How dare you rub the fact that you're atheist, you know, on us and and ask for money? I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? They're like, take it out. Tell us. Don't tell us this part. I basically told them asking for, I'm not asking for money. I'm asking for help. <laughs> it is your, if you want to donate, I'm, that'll be awesome. And I'm very thankful. But for me to lie to you about who I am so I can get your sympathy and empathy and money, that is basically a scam. And I, I don't understand why people are asking me to do this. If you, you know, yeah. I I just and then you can beg and cry and and it can be a sob story. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can just state the facts, and that's what I'm doing. Well, it's a very atheist way of doing things. How did you <laughs> come to be an atheist? Were you were you always in doubt, or was there a point in your life where you thought, no, this just doesn't seem right? I honestly, and I know people probably won't believe this, but I I want to say I have been a closet atheist for the majority of my life. I the only reason I never spoke out about it back home 
is because the punishment for apostasy is they kill you. <laughs> they behead you. So I was quiet and I pretended to do what everyone else wanted me to do. But in my heart, I never believed in anything. The extreme form of religion that, that was pushed upon me led me to atheism, basically. And your family remains to this day devout? I want to say yes, they do. Do you have any contact with your family? I have not spoken to any of them in probably... 10 years when the assault happened. So you're, wow. <laughs> it, it, it's a, a wonderful case of how religion really divides families. You say yes, blood's thicker it, than water, but yeah. in this instance... I, I want to say something. Well, it's it's not even religion. You're not talking about religion anymore. This is a, a very strange form of tradition. It's a, a morbid tradition that is just, people call it religion, but I, I, I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't think it's religion. It's, Would they have yeah. these beliefs without the religion, though? They seem, they seem to they refer... Seem, they seem quite irrational. They're very irrational, and they keep referring to these old books and these these profitable these prophet sayings. And but I mean, I I feel like they they have twisted everything. I am a non-believer of any of this. I don't believe there's a prophet. I don't believe there ever was a prophet or a, an Allah. I don't know who wrote these books. I keep saying somebody that was high wrote these books. <laughs> but but they like to, to refer to these books, but then they, they take them to these extra levels of extremism. You know, if you refer to the Quran, nowhere does it say that a, a woman can't drive a car. It, it, it does not say that anywhere Hang in the what, Quran. They couldn't, they couldn't predict cars? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Camels. I thought. I don't. Know. I thought Alan knew everything. Well, can you drive a camel? Uh, I think women are allowed to ride a bicycle, but a man, uh, a, a male escort, has to be present. I, I think that's the latest I heard from Saudi. She can ride All a right, bicycle. Well, keep, keep us posted on that. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a it's an evolving culture. They're forward thinking. <laughs> Do you see any hope for Saudi? No. There is no hope. You know why? Pray tell. Because Saudi, well, Saudi contains, Saudi is such a powerful country. It has so much oil between oil production and oil reserves. Nobody will ever look at the con continuous human rights violations that happen in Saudi and challenge them. No one. Because Saudi controls oil. But that's another topic. <laughs> you mentioned, because I spoke to you briefly just before call, that you remember very little about the attack itself. What do you remember? Yes, I remember that it was planned. He, he did say that to me. He actually, after, the, after he assaulted me, and on my escape, on my way out of the cottage, because it happened in a cottage, it was a um, it was a department held event at a, at a ski maratok here in in Halifax. So we rented two cottages out, and once it was all over, he actually said to me that he planned it. He planned that he he basically uh, stalked the cottage or whatever he want. He kept watch until all the other guys were out skiing and I don't ski uh, and he knew that I was going to be there because my, my car was there he blocked my car, he came in he locked the door He, I, I basically met him halfway across the I was of course having a bath, perfect timing and I only had a towel around me I remember that much I remember him seeing my Arabic tattoo on my back and him reading out loud and kissing it. I remember specific things. I remember threatening him with the flat iron that I had in my hand. I remember him uh, rubbing against me. I just remember like almost like flashes. You know, it, it's, it's hard to describe. 
Um, well, people in these cases just lock up. Well, I, it's funny, and it wasn't even... When I went to the police, it's not like the movies show you. You're not screaming and scratching and... I, it was not like that. I wasn't a participant. I can tell you that much. I probably said no a million times. But the it just stuns you. It it puts you in this very strange state where you're trying to figure out what the next step is going to be and how you're going to get out of here. Uh, so screaming and yelling wasn't in there. I, I remember that much. <laughs> and were you injured uh, at all? The, the injuries that I sustained were different from there were no fractures uh or or anything like that but it was um you don't have to was, go into this it's fine I, I i it sounds weird but it's tissue memory is what i want to say or muscle memory and i don't think anybody you have to be sort of a body worker to understand what i'm saying like a massage therapist or an osteopath i suffer a lot with chronic pain i guess is what i'm trying to say oh like phantom pain um no, it's just chronic pain from the assault itself. It's it's tissue memory, sort of like how your brain remembers stuff. Your muscle remembers it too. You know what I mean? Anyhow. <laughs> so po- post the event, what did yeah. um, what sort of therapy did you seek out, if any? Uh, I I it was very minimal because I I didn't report it, but I did go see a, a psychiatrist. Now I can tell you very, it was very strange that. The psychiatrist kept asking me if I wanted. This was very strange. Yeah, they kept asking me if if I wanted this, if if I if I was interested in him, in you know. But other than that, really, there was nothing. How interested in the psychiatrist or the the rapist? The the rape, the assault. If if I if I was interested in the guy, if if I had led him on, this was well, frequently you, asked. It, yeah. It really boils down to victim blaming, doesn't it? Um, I'm surprised a health professional, a mental health professional, would ask yeah. a question like that. What a what what a disgrace! It, it she did she did, and to the point that I stopped going and I refused to go anymore because I I was in shock. I I felt like the entire world was blaming me, and and at, at some point you give up because there's no way to prove to anybody because there is it's a he said it she said. And sadly, in these scenarios, I don't know why, but the criminals seem to win. That's horrible. It is horrible. But I hope he doesn't. And I would I encourage so. everybody to, to jump on the website and donate a dollar. Thank you. Don't Donate a dollar. Because if everyone who listens to this donates a dollar, you'll get there. I will. And that will certainly help pay for your uh, expenses while the court case takes place. Because like you say, it's it's not a short event. This is drawn out it has been yes we'd really like to see some justice done so when the the court case is set for next year um early um january at that point uh, keep in touch on twitter because everything i, I do will. basically in, in terms of contacting people comes through twitter okay um, any updates you have uh, as they come across my feed i'll give them a retweet and i suggest anybody else who comes across them as well to give you as much exposure as we can thank you and after the event i'd love to have you on again thank you look it's my pleasure it's the least i could do i think (laughs) and hopefully this sort of thing brings more attention on a on a global level i mean i've got a very small audience by comparison but the national and the international papers report consistently on the human rights yes. mistreatments that people experience in Saudi Arabia itself. But it's not confined there by any means. It's This is a global issue. It is. So how are your family holding up? They're good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Tell me about your kids. <laughs> They're nuts. <laughs>
I have two boys. Um, one oh, is six. I know. <laughs> They're my life. And I want, if there's anything I, I want to add, it is that before I had my boys, I wanted my life to end. I saw no hope. And after I had them, they saved me. That's the best way that I can... I owe everything to them. Oh, I do. That's beautiful. Well, it sounds like you've got a good support team of backup dancers there. <laughs> very well. Look, I thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, thank you. I wish you all the best, as I'm sure everybody who's listening to this does as well. And I'll give out the details once more. Your Twitter handle is at one godless woman so that's a number one godless woman and the indiegogo fundraising page can be found at the letter x saudi as one word dot blogspot dot ca so thank you very much for coming on thank you sir 